0: Good morning, Grafton, good evening, north Stormbird, This is Eagle on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We made an incredible discovery. This podcast obviously is late. This is gonna be going out like Tuesday or Wednesday, probably Wednesday, so that we are fully in compliance of our agreement with Twitch that they get full rights to this podcast for a full 24 hours. But we learned recently a Windows update that actually like nuked a lot of my, a lot of my sound settings, it's not just that it appears to reset just about every single channeling that happens within windows sound mixer. This is mind bogglingly infuriating. I'll just say this. If you are a streamer and you use virtual audio channels, unless they're handled all by a third party software, like you might be fine if you use. No, actually, you wouldn't No, if you use Elgato software. It'd be in the same category as my GoXLR. You still got to wire everything there, and that's what's the problem is. Oh, oh, huh? Yeah, if you do any kind of uh, sound routing on your computer, um, start dodging Windows updates if you haven't already. Um, I'll be following this up, obviously, because this is a very, very, very infuriating thing right now because it's basically Making it so that my own podcasting software, everything that I'm using is basically inoperable. I have to go. We literally were troubleshooting for roughly, I'd say 20 minutes trying to get the freaking auto ducking work and then gave up. What the f- flip and flip. I want to swear, but I told myself I don't swear on the podcast, <sighs> but as infuriating as all that is, you know what? At least someone in chat saying it's more like 10, 10 minutes of troubleshooting. Okay. Yeah, we we did mess around for like five minutes, but it's, it's still like an inf... There should be zero minutes of troubleshooting, by the way, especially since we got it all working earlier for early bird briefing. I had to re-record early bird briefing this morning and it worked then. (sighs) But you know what? At least I'm not having as bad a day as... uh, Disgraced CEO, Sam Bankman, who is, who has had quite a few of his assets seized within Turkey. Oh man, what a day for this absolute clown. Also, can I just say, I'm actually surprised. I I shouldn't say that. I'm not surprised. I am incredibly disappointed by the way the coverage of Sam Bankman has been In a lot of the mainstream outlets here in the US, because they are very clearly trying to make this guy out to be like a very generous billionaire that unfortunately had a whole lot of bad things happen and has now just had his empire crumble. There's evidence of him committing fraud out in the open. The man has stolen billions of dollars, underline billions of dollars from his customers and are now just leaving them all hanging. The man is a thief. He is a white-collar thief, and I don't know why so many mainstream outlets want to try and casually ignore that fact, and it's kind of disgusting, not going to lie. So to see him flee the country, by the way, I want to remind everyone of that. He has fled the country, began heading to the Bahamas, and his assets are now being frozen in various countries, starting with both A, the U.S., and B, Turkey, as investigations are currently underway. And even though I say investigations are, investigations are underway, yes, he is innocent until proven guilty. Yes, it's true. But we already have the reports of the colossal mishandling of money, the feeding money that was said, promised to not be used in any kind of risky financial transactions. And are now instead, we're, in, we're instead funneled through to, was it, Alameda Research? To go ahead and make risky ventures? Risky bets? Yeah. The various outlets that are trying to go ahead and paint this guy as just some unfortunate billionaire. First off, it's hard for me to feel bad for any billionaire. Especially one that has made their wealth through the blind cult-like faith of cryptocurrency. And trying to go ahead and sucker believers of an uncentralized currency, or as I'm sorry, a decentralized currency and have them all funnel it into one centralized location. You're going to get very little sympathy from me, especially since once there comes a point where once you're that big, once you have that much monetary assets, you better have your stuff together. And for this clown, and that's what I'm going to pretty much phrase them as from pretty much here on out a clown to go ahead and just miss Alice all and then fly away. And then everyone else going, Oh man, it's just unfortunate what happened. No, the way everything is laid out, this man is a thief. And if we're going to go ahead and jump the conclusions of many, many, many other people that we assumed were one thing. And then after the evidence came out, it turned out that we were correct. Well, I'm not going to, you know, try to say, Oh, he's fine. He's just unfortunate. Not when the evidence that we have right now is this overwhelming. Now, that being said, there are other investigations in the world, one of which opened by the Department of Justice investigating into real estate tech companies who, in fact, were supposedly in collusion with landlords. I am very curious to see how this is going to go down. To what degree does this supposed collusion exist? Because collusion is a very loaded word, all right? For example, if I go ahead and talk to my roommate and say, Hey, you have these steak fries and I have a whole bunch of sirloin beef trimmings and a brick of mozzarella, you want to go ahead and uh, mix the two and we'll go ahead and make a steak loaded steak fries. And he says, yes, we could say we colluded on dinner. By the definition of the word that would not match. So to say like, oh, they're accused of collusion with landlords, please. Give me more details, man, because this is not going away in the tech media. It also might not be going away because they want literally anything to talk about other than Elon Musk. So there is that possibility as well. But this, this, this story will not go away and I cannot wait for some more details. Now, for the most part, all we're hearing is about a 2017 merger between RealPage and it's, quote, largest pricing competitor, which is, I don't know. And the rest is just kind of, we just think that it was used to set artificially inflated rental rates in multifamily residential buildings. Okay. I really do want to see that report because it just seems like we're just pulling info out of our butt. And just saying like, that seems high. Something screwy going on here. It's like me looking at the gas prices and go, wow, those are really high. I bet there's a tech company. There's a tech company afoot rigging the gas prices. That's about how, like, baseless this whole thing is. And part of me wants to believe there's more to this than just apparently two senators saying, oh, yeah, this company's working with landlords to rig prices. Uh, I just I just can't even I just can't even. Oh, maybe there's some sanity over in the other side of the pond. All right. What's going on in the UK? Is the UK doing some investigation that's worth, that's worth talking about? Any at all? Any? Any? Oh. All right. Yeah, that's about normal. U- the UK is probing Apple and Google's stranglehold over mobile browsing. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry, UK. We've been trying to do this for a while, but I hate to break it to you, UK. I don't know how to get more people to download Firefox. I just simply don't. We've been trying, but in the end, Google Chrome is just too comfy. I mean, I don't know why people are still using Safari, but Chrome's just too comfy. I'm sorry. We've been trying this forever. Uh, someone in chat said, you know, Internet Explorer used to be comfy. You, you know, if you ask my grandmother or grandfather, they would also say that Internet Explorer is still comfy. Someone else in chat said Netscape was comfy. Someone, else, same person in chat said Mosaic is comfy. Mosaic was never comfy. Stop lying to yourself. <laughs> Maybe Mosaic was comfy to you, but a uh, man, let me tell you, no one else used Mosaic. And so you can go ahead, take your fan club of your, uh, of you and your two other Mosaic users and talk about how Mosaic was comfy. And it's now it doesn't matter. Cause it's probably a Chromium based browser now. Now here's the real question. Do you think the UK's uh, investigation into the stranglehold over over mobile browsing will discover that all web browsers are now Chrome? That is the real question. Will the UK figure that out? Uh Oh, but you know, while we're at, let's actually continue to talk about Apple. About how Apple and Brazil, of all places, are having a healthy talk. I'll just call it a healthy talk. About how... Brazil is not thrilled with the fact that um, the iPhone is sold without a charger. See, this actually really amuses me. OK, let me tell you a story here. This actually was on our stream, which you should totally check out at twitch.tv slash I was unboxing our new replacement switch. My old switch, the micro USB port is failing. I don't know where I can take it and get it repaired in a decent amount of turnaround. So I went and got a replacement. And it was actually all thanks to you guys who went ahead and, uh, and supported our sponsor for the last two weeks. Greatly appreciate it guys. But I digress. While we were talking about that people across the pond, uh, viewers that I know are over in Europe, we're talking about how you are lucky to get the charger with the phone or with the, uh, switch. Cause over here in Europe, we just get the switch alone. We have to buy the charger separately. So apparently this whole potentially we'd have to do more research. Obviously this whole thing about not including the charger for the sake of the environment or whatever, or, you know, greed was started by Nintendo before Apple, but now of all places, Brazil, the largest like forgettable country out there is the one putting their foot down and saying, no, you're including a charger. You are going to go ahead and do the right thing and include a charger with this phone. Someone in chat said, if Apple just used USB-C like everyone else, this wouldn't suck as bad. (laughs) A reminder, by the way. Apple did say for the next generation iPhone, the iPhone, what is it, 14? They will comply with the European law that says if the device charges by a wire, that wire will be USB-C. I want you to remember that phrasing, by the way. As everyone else starts praising the existence of the USB-C iPhone and you find out the hard way that your iPhone no longer charges via a wire, someone in chat says, I will eat my hat when they release a portless iPhone. I am telling you, there is a higher chance of this happening than we all want to admit because there has been so many rumors talking about how it's been in the talks to have an entirely portless iPhone, that that was the point of the MagSafe implementation. I'm gonna hate it. I have a feeling, I have a feeling they are gonna do it and I will not be mad if I am wrong. (laughs) Same person in the chat, absolutely no way they go that route anytime soon. Why? It's the perfect time to do it if they're gonna do it. It's the perfect time to go ahead and say, hey, that lightning port we've been using, it's so obsolete, and so many people—they just accidentally dump their phone into the ocean, or some nonsense we're gonna make up on the fly. But with no ports, the water resistance can be even higher than ever. Nah, I'm kidding. They're—they're gonna—they're gonna market it as a convenience feature. I still think they will go ahead and make the baseline iPhone one hundred percent portless and wireless, futuristic and then say that the Pro iPhone, the iPhone Pro 14, that one will have Thunderbolt 4. That will actually have your USB-C. And say that we included the port there because the professionals can use that high bandwidth to move our raw ProRes video and everything that you take on your phone over over to another computer for backup and whatnot. I still think that's gonna be their play. Because every single rumor I've seen talking about this hints towards that direction and I can totally see Apple making that move, especially after the last I, I, uh, MacBook Pro actually returning all the ports. And as far as the they 100% don't want those right to repair legal fights, what, what would change? What would honestly change people's anger toward them? Apple sold laptops for four years with a defective keyboard and lost no ground. Apple has sold phones that automatically bricked their battery if it was too old. Apple has been selling super anti-repair phones for the longest time. The only people getting mad at them are people who would never have bought an iPhone in the first place, which would be the right-to-repair crowd. They go ahead and put out a little program here. Go ahead. Here, Here's some $1,200... Equipment. You can rent good luck, nerd. Oh, by the way, the parts we're going to sell you. Oh yeah. It's going to basically cost the exact same as just having us do it, but there see, lawsuit avoided. They don't care. The unfortunate thing about right to repair and it's the unfortunate reality. We have to come with the right to repair crowd. Although large is nowhere near as large as Apple and their fricking cult like loyal fan base. I mean, they've been selling phones that have been outdated for how long and people still buy them? Look, I love iFixit. I love, uh, I love everything that, um, Futo and, uh, the Rossner Repair Group, all of them are doing for right to repair. It's all very important work. But here's the cold facts, guys. The Apple fan base is so, so loyal to Apple. It's going to be very difficult. To go ahead and try to get them to say, you know what, maybe just maybe we shouldn't support the iPhone and actually to support the whole theory about, oh, we're not going to about they're only going to make one version of the iPhone that is portless and another that has a port. What's an iPhone fanboy going to do? All right, fine. I won't buy the $700 phone that has no ports. I'll instead get the $1,000 phone that does have the port. Tell me I'm wrong. Now, here's going to be the other part that's going to bite. If I'm correct. And for those who are on the Samsung band wagon like I am, here's the unfortunate truth. If Apple gets away with it. And that's a big if. Even though I believe that it's, you know, much likely going to happen. You don't think the technology is where it needs to be for such a transaction, someone says in the chat? It's far enough for Apple to do what they want to do. Here's the thing, right? Like this phone right here. Maximum charge, 25 watts. What's the maximum charge you can get via Qi wireless, like what, 15 watts? You know what that matches? That matches the maximum charge that an iPhone can do now on wire. Like, here's the thing. To go full wireless on a phone like this, on the Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra, it would be a downgrade. The data speeds would be terrible. The charge rate would be far worse than, it, than if I was doing it via wired. But on the iPhone? Hmm. Your data transfer rates before were USB 2.0. Your charge rate was a maximum of 10 watts anyway. Would you look at that? It's almost the exact same. Someone in chat says the problem with the file, tra- fi- the problem is file transfer speed and the heat generated from wireless charging making a warranty that can be, a tra- that, that can justify the inevitabil- inevitably higher RMTs because those batteries are going to fail fail bigly. I disagree. Simply because beca- here's the thing, your Apple. What are you going to do in your Apple? Oh, it generates way more heat while charging and transferring data. Oh, we'll just lower that tra- that charging speed down to five watts. What's that? It's too slow for you. Oh, You should have got the Pro. You greatly underestimate the amount of punishment Apple users are willing to put up with. That's the unfortunate truth. And don't get me wrong in this prediction. It's just what I see coming. I want to be wrong. I really, really do. Of Apple, because if Apple can get away with it, I guarantee you Samsung's going to be dumb enough to try and do it too. Because, God forbid, Samsung has an original thought in their little heads right now. Oh, what's that? Apple added more cameras and they put it in the upper corner? Man, we should do that too. Oh, Apple got rid of the headphone jack? Oh, we should do that too. Oh, Apple, got, Apple is uh, su- still super anti-expandable storage? Oh, we should do that too. Oh, Apple got rid of the charging port. Oh, we should do that too. You know, Samsung's going to be dumb enough to do it. And unlike Apple that actually would care about the RMTs, Samsung probably wouldn't. 100% ca- Samsung would cash in on the opposite. Oh yeah, yeah, they totally did. Uh, They totally cash in on the opposite. That's why all the Samsung phones still have headphone jacks. Right? Right. Samsung hasn't added the notch yet. What's that? Someone in chat says that's not a notch. That's a pinhole. It's still a notch. Look, you might still have have faith in Samsung, I don't. Cuz I see what Samsung's doing. Someone in chat's trying to defend the pinhole. No, it's the same thing. It is exactly the same thing. They could have gone ahead just let there be a thin chin like they did before. Nope. They went ahead and and allowed the pinhole. They let it, they let it be smaller than apples. They don't try to go ahead and put a whole face scanner in there. They don't try to go ahead and fit a, a whole Intel RealSense camera into the entire thing, granted, it's just one 2D camera. That's it. The unfortunate truth. And we can, and us on the Android side of things can try and be in denial about it all we want. But it's something I've accepted. And it's the fact that far too many Android companies are willing to go ahead and give up on their morals to be just like Apple in some hope of getting in on that Apple cash. Because otherwise, we would have the exact same fricking water resistance on a phone this frickin' big with a headphone jack in it because we already saw the S10 do exactly that. So anyone trying to tell me they ditched the headphone jack on the freaking S20 because of water resistance, I'm sorry, no, because they were able to do it on the S10 with the same rating. The only thing Samsung did better than Apple as far as their stupid nonsense they do the fact they didn't try to fit an entire flipping front Intel real sense camera into the screen. And I, again, I wanted to state this. I do think the portless iPhone is coming. I want to be wrong because I know Samsung, Huawei, probably Google as well, just because man, they cannot make a phone to save their, I should take that back. Google can make a phone to save their lives. They, for whatever reason, somehow, Someone answer me this when it comes to someone tell me this when it, when it comes to Google's Pixel phones, Google makes Android, correct? And Google made the hardware correct for the Pixel phone. And then they went and designed the SOC. They designed their own processor. They designed the processor software and the hardware. Why the heck do they all suck? (laughs) Why does the Pixel phone have so many problems with itself, it is mind blowing. It is actually incredible how many problems we see come out of the pixel phones and you would think of the one thing in the Android universe that would be the consistent. (sighs) What was I ranting about? Oh yeah. Brazil. Brazil actually is not only is not only getting on Apple's case and banning iPhones that do not ship with the charger, but in fact, the Brazilian regulars are going one step further and are actually seizing iPhones from retail, for, uh, retail stores that don't have the chargers. So for those who haven't been paying attention to this saga, which I know we got distracted. I know I'm surprised too, we got distracted somehow. So first Brazil tries to go ahead and send a few several million dollar fines at Apple for not including charges within their iPhones, and let's be honest, Apple having the money that they do, a couple million, that's nothing to them. Uh, by the way, Apple, would you like to donate to to the uh, um, my wallet? It won't be a bribe. I'll still stu- I'll t- I'll still talk smack about you. You know, just a couple a couple mil. I'm not I'm not that greedy. Anyway, um, <laughs> but now first they did the fines. Now they're just straight up seizing the phones so now they're just no sales happening within Brazil at all do you think this gets Apple's attention I'm not gonna lie I think this might get Apple's attention now the amount that has been seized is roughly I actually don't think they actually said specifically how many have been seized nope the article doesn't mention it just says that hundreds So let's say 900, let's say a thousand, actually, that would be, we'll assume 1000 of the $1,000 iPhones. All right. I think that's generous, but there's some iPhones that are more expensive. Yeah. And there's a lot of more iPhones that are least expensive. Shush you. We'll say a thousand. So this is about a million dollars worth of product that has now been seized. In addition to, let's say 20% of that, 20% of that 1 million, an additional shipping cost to get it out there. Also, very gross overestimate overestimate. All right. Let's just get that right. All right. So 1.2 million. I don't think this is gonna get Apple's attention considering the fact a $2 million fine they just casually paid and just like, eh, whatevs. Especially since that $1.2 mil we just came up with is the absolute highest end of the spectrum. And especially if only hundreds are being within the country. I'm not going to lie, I don't foresee Apple designing a brand new, bulkier box just to include the charger. What I think actually more likely to happen is just the box for the charger, if they want to keep selling in Brazil, is just going to have one of their cheap, like, 5-watt chargers just, like, taped around the box. I could see that. But unless they do that, I just, it's quite possible just this iPhone just won't exist in Brazil. And they'll be like, eh, whatevs. And just that in itself, just kind of, that seems mind blowing to me. Am I the only one that thinks that's kind of like out there? That's quite possible. We're going to take a break here when we come back. We have to talk about Twitter. Oh, yeah. You know there's going to be new stuff we had to talk about, right? We'll be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so first things first. Uh, One correction I need to make that I got distracted of when I got on the rant about um, the uh, portless iPhone coming. Uh, I I missed it and it was like right in front of me and I feel really stupid about it. It's the fact that Apple is, in fact, appealing the Brazil sales ban. So my statement of uh, Apple not caring about the $2 million fine and the uh, 1.2 overestimate uh, uh, seizing of their iPhones. No, they care. They obviously care because they are actually appealing the ban of it. So that was uh, that was my fault for not mentioning that. So just wanted to correct the record. They are trying to fight that. Next up, let's talk about Twitter. Twitter has had a massive safety breach, and it's far worse than reported. Oh, man. This, this is big, very, very big, which is funny because during the break, as we were recording live at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon, we were talking about how security breaches at Twitter would not result in any serious information leaking. And oh man, it's even worse than we thought. Oh, I can't believe Elon would go ahead and let this happen. That's kind of the thing a lot of people thought. That things are so bad at Twitter. There's now a massive data breach last year. Yeah, last year. The data breach they're talking about was last year. This data breach exposed more than 5 million phone numbers and email addresses and was, in fact, far worse than initially reported. So, I mean, before we start going ahead and saying everything was so much better before Elon, first off, yes, you are correct. But (laughs) B... The previous crew was not great. (laughs) Let's just get that right. (laughs) Cause here's the thing with this. And this will actually be a very interesting thing trying to play out. A lot of the people in charge of reporting all this are most likely gone. So seeing as how the, seeing as how the people who went ahead and reported the data breach in the first place are now in direct violation with the rules of the FCC. What does the FCC do? Are they just going to go after Twitter? That's quite possible. Is the FCC going to go after the people who were, you know, directly responsible for the reporting of all this? Also possible. Would Elon sue the management that was responsible for for this, assuming it could be proved that, in fact, they tried to hide this? There's a lot of different ways this could play out. And granted, all of these theories assume, and probably correctly assume, I might add, that the people who actually we're in charge of reporting all of this, have been terminated from the company. This is a story that's going to stick around far longer than most people realize. And I, for one, am going to enjoy getting some popcorn while I watch the fireworks. So for those of you joining me for popcorn night, um, do you prefer just real butter on the popcorn? Uh, do you prefer like that cheddar cheese powder on the, on the popcorn? Go for caramel popcorn? That's the real question we got to ask ourselves because we got to make sure whatever popcorn we're getting that first off, A, it's not too unhealthy, but B, that is for maximum enjoyment while we watch everyone point fingers at each other. Oh, of course, there's going to be salt on the popcorn. Obviously, you, you gotta for the real question, what flavor? This isn't going to be like the Kingdom Hearts ice cream where it's just sea salt flavored. Oh, no, no, we're going to go for real flavor. Kind of like Tesla is taking care of real issues. Like the fact that they had to recall 321,000 vehicles over a brake light issue. Of all the dumb things to have to go ahead and do a mass recall of, it's over a brake light. Now that being said, I mean, a brake light is very, very important. I, let's get that right for a moment. It's very, very important on the road. A third of a million vehicles because you have a problem with a light bulb. Yes, I know it's actually an LED strip, and most likely the problem is actually due to a circuit board within the within the thing, which is what's prompting the recall. I understand that, it's a, that it is, in fact, far more complicated than it sounds, but I'm just saying with how chaotic the world has been, I need to chuckle at a 321,000 car recall over a light bulb. Just let me have this. That's all I ask. I need this palate cleanser before I talk about the one story that uh, none of us want to talk about. Elon Musk has restored Donald Trump's Twitter account since Donald Trump still hasn't tweeted. All right, moving on. (laughs) Is it bad? That's all I want to mention about it. Because that's literally all this story has added up to. It's like, the platform's dead. He's been reinstated. He hasn't cared. Like, oddly enough, he cares less about the platform than the rest of us. Somehow. To which I say, neat. I'm going to go focus on more important things in my life. Like, trying to make sense of the multicolored verification badge. This is curious. So Elon has said that one of the things that's going to happen is multicolored Verification apparently the seven people left working at Twitter have managed to co- managed to scramble enough code to actually make multicolored verification stickers within Twitter. The point of this is going to be to have a a gold check mark for verified companies b government officials will get a gray check mark and that blue checkmarks will be used for the old verified accounts and apparently also according to this article which i did not say what my first one said also for those who buy twitter's new eight dollar a month blue plan all right look 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 all right here is this on all right elon let me tell you something okay you want to go ahead and try to add value to a subscription By giving a special mark so that people can feel special for subscribing. Let me tell you something. We already have this here on Twitch, all right? You know what the key thing is? On Twitch, we can have multiple badges. So you can have both the purple check mark to show that you're super awesome within Twitch and got to the partnered status and then promptly forgotten about, in addition to the sub badge saying that you're supporting whoever. I hoped when I first heard this. this is a sign showing that you know what? Maybe you learned something. Maybe you learned there actually is a point to actually having verified accounts, and you almost did, because I now cannot pay eight dollars to impersonate Roundies and say that we are now serving or orphan meat, or that um, or that I can go ahead pay eight dollars, change my name to um, Potus, for example and then say something really stupid. What would be a really stupid thing for the White House to say that would absolutely tank the popularity? I mean, other than something really stupid, like doubling all taxes or something like that. I mean, pick something, all right? I can't do that anymore because my badge will be blue instead of gray or blue instead of gold. But riddle me this. How does this protect you from a defamation lawsuit from, say, Tom Hanks if I go ahead and pay... $8, impersonate Tom Hanks, and go out and call Scientology the cult that it is. Tom Hanks is the guy that's actually, that's actually like very pro-Scientology, right? I actually, I, this tells you exactly how little I pay attention to celebrity news. Because I have to like, no, it's Tom Cruise. Well, I guess I'm being sued now. All right, well, happy trails, everyone. It was, it was nice knowing me. Uh, I, I apologize to, uh, to the wrong celebrity Tom. But you, you get my point in my, in my terrible example, because the badges for, you know, celebrities and, and such actually for that fact, former, former presidents and former politicians that are trying to run for office because they're not government officials. Wouldn't they also show up as blue? Couldn't you then impersonate them as a, as a, uh, as some galaxy brain level smear attack? Hmm. The verified system exists for a reason. If you weren't sure before, all you got to do is turn back the clock, roughly 10 days ish. And you'll then figure out why it existed. Color coding this step in the right direction. I'll just tell you this right now. You need a different badge for Twitter blue. And then while you're at it, give the option to not display the badge. That is the correct answer to this whole thing. While there have been users that have been abusing their verified status, Lord knows I was arguing with a very fanatic cryptocurrency advocate that is a blue check mark who wanted to be in denial that uh, trying to say that the nine to five job is a waste of time and that you should instead invest in crypto when, you know, crypto has been down 70% over the whole year. Yeah, great advice, idiot. But they're like, oh, I'm a blue check mark. I can't be wrong. Look at how I'm verified and you're just some pleb. There are those out there. But you know what? If everyone is special, no one is special. That is a very important lesson that should 100% absolutely be learned from all of this on Twitter. But of course, it doesn't seem like any of that's going to be learned. On the bright side, though, Elon is saying within Twitter that Twitter 2.0 will have video chat, voice card, voice cards, voice calls, and encrypted DM and has enlisted the help of Signal's founder. Here's what I want to know. We know about the firings, right? We know there has been a massive amount of trimming. We'll call it trimming within Twitter. We suspect... Rough, we, we expect about 75%-ish between the cut of staff, contractors, and then the ultimatum. How much has been hired? It's a serious question. How many of those people have been rehired and how many new hires have there been at Twitter? This is actually a serious question. I don't know the answer. I would love to know the answer because as someone from the outside trying to look at Twitter, it's very, very easy to get swirled up. In the doom and gloom. Way easier than it should be, I might add. But in order to judge what chance these ideas have, we need to know how many people are left. Because if there's only, you know, 37 people within Twitter running day to day maintenance, doing day to day bot crushing, doing day to day code skimming, day to day operations, as well as development, Twitter has no chance. Are there 1,100 people there? Maybe. Maybe then Twitter's a chance. Were there any more people hired on top of that? How how much additional talent was hired on top of that? These are actually like questions that really do need to be answered. And unfortunately, I suspect the answer is very little. Because of the way Elon is trying to very, very desperately, and I do mean desperately, try to say anything to give Twitter hope in the eyes of shareholders and... The market overall, you would think saying, hey, we have a new we have a new hiring wave of roughly 600 plus new expert eager coders working on all this stuff for Twitter 2.0. You'd think they'd want to announce that, but we haven't seen that yet, because unless you have the manpower, you might as well just start talking about how Twitter is going to drive me from work in under a minute. You might as well just start saying, oh, man, Twitter is going to go ahead and solve all of world hunger and give you a belly rub and head pats and uh make cat girls real too yes my i didn't forget my promise to make cat girls real said elon i'm gonna go ahead and have twitter do it promises don't mean anything unless you can provide some evidence that it's going to happen also by the way why we're going to be keeping a very very close eye on uh the december 1st announcement of the delivery of the Tesla semi-truck. Oh, it's going to be good. Oh, boy. I personally cannot wait to see this all. So there's some attempts to improve Twitter. Unfortunately, though, one thing that doesn't bode well is, well, first off, um, Elon trying to promise things, as someone mentioned in the chat, um doesn't really work out very well, considering the fact that, um, I was at working for Tesla. There's a lot of promises they promised out of Tesla, and, um, it has a bad habit of falling short. A lot of Elon's projects at Lee lately have had a very nasty habit of falling short. And in fact, that whole promise on a moderation panel, uh, never happened. And he blames activists for that. Uh, yes, you see, because activists called me a meanie poop, I wasn't able to find a uh, ten yesmen to put onto a panel and call it the moderation panel, and would just vote unanimously with whatever I said, which would have been all the moderation panel would have been in the first place. Let's be perfectly honest, because that's usually the kind of people Elon surrounds himself with is yesmen. Like even for Elon excuses, this seems like a really lame excuse. Like come on, man. I just don't get it. It was a very easy thing to fake and they just decided not to. But of course, whoever these activists are, they are now worried because Musk has an amnesty plan for all the suspended accounts and it alarms the, the same activists for reasons. I find it amusing. These same kind of activists have kept saying they're going to leave Twitter because Twitter's a dead platform, but anytime Twitter does something they don't agree with, they are immediately alarmed. I don't really have a point beyond that. I'm just amused by this logic. And I mean, for the most part, eh, in the end, the mute button exists. And considering the fact you have a guy who is dancing the line of free speech very strangely, I wouldn't really be too worried about, like, any accounts that, oh, man, that that guy was talking about how he hated half the planet, as I'm trying to, like, phrase this in a way so I don't get flagged as, like, some kind of... Some kind of hate speech podcast. You get what I mean, though. For someone trying to say that, you know, I mean, he, Elon's already gone out and said that he plans on shadow banning anyone that doesn't conform with, you know, awful speech. It was all very vague. So, I mean, for the most part, do you know what this is? You know what this really is? This is a set of shiny keys to jingle in front of all the free speech advocates. And that's all it is. It's a set of keys. Where are the keys to? I don't know. You don't know. No one cares. They're shiny. They jingle. Because any sort of notion that Elon says is all for free speech is immediately moot because he has gone out publicly and said that freedom of speech does not mean freedom of reach. And I already said that if you're going to go ahead and be... And be hurtful and hateful that your stuff's going to pr- be so suppressed that it's basically not going to exist, which basically means shadow banning, which means that everything that the clown tried to say that he believed in is automatically moot. So yeah, it's just a set of keys. In fact, this is what it feels like a whole lot of these statements are. It feels like. We have a whole bunch of like keys being dangled in front of everyone's faces. And it's just all the shiny colors, of keys that you're hoping to see just to make whatever you believe in happy. You believe in hard centers appear. Look at these keys. What's that? You, you believe what's that you believe in complete complete free speech. Oh, don't worry. Here's some other keys. Cause the guy's gone around and tried to appease with freaking every single side of this whole ordeal. And you notice what it's doing. It's not working, as it turns out. You can't just say whatever you want and just expect others to completely ignore the contradictory statement at all. So, we've had a couple of days in this thing now, or a couple of weeks. What do I think is Elon's endgame in this? Do I think he truly believes in 100% pure free speech? No. Do I think he stands far on either side of the political aisle? No, here's what I think. I think Elon is a businessman in far over his head, but doesn't believe he's in far over his head that joked about buying Twitter, put in too far into trying to buy it and then realized the last minute he had to go through with it. And, that, and is now just trying to do whatever he can on the wall, just throw whatever the heck he wants at the wall, see what sticks and hope he can ride this through. And you might say, is that really what you believe or is that, or are you just saying that because that's what it looks like? Sometimes the most obvious explanation is the correct one. We're talking about a man who designed a car to not have a steering wheel and had no idea that, you know, maybe turnstocks were a good idea. Let's instead have it on capacitive buttons with no texture feel. I don't think a man who has designed the Tesla Model S plaid and the Model X plaid is capable of any sort of master plan with Twitter. I simply don't. The best hope I can have for Twitter at this point is that one of the reports earlier that said that Elon was contemplating putting someone else in charge of running Twitter is in fact true, that they follow through with it. Even if it means that he has to put on a front and a show for the sake of his own ego, That says that he had all these great ideas, but in reality, it's all some other shadow figure running everything. I think that's the best hope Twitter has right now. But that being said, the news we are seeing right now does show Twitter starting to take a few steps. And I want to stress that a few steps in the correct direction, despite the fact that Elon doesn't know when to shut up. That also being said, there's some breaking news as I'm, rec- as I'm recording this podcast. Um, Elon has publicly said on Twitter that uh, Apple is strongly considering pulling Twitter from the Apple App Store, which um, that's actually going to be a far bigger deal than a lot of people realize, just because Twitter is actually very heavily integrated into iOS. So to pull it from the App Store and pull it from the iOS ecosystem altogether, a whole lot of taking pictures and instantly tweeting them out from the Apple camera app vanishing. That's it's not just as simple as just flipping a switch inside the app store that actually is going to take some serious developer time to go ahead and undo that. But that is just breaking right now as I'm recording this podcast on Monday. It is Monday, right? Yeah, it is Monday. We will have to wait and see what the results are from it. We will talk in more detail on it, both on the early bird briefing as news comes out as well as on next week's Eagle Eyes on Tech, which will hopefully come out on time. Oh, life. You don't know when to calm down, do you? Now, that being said, we're going to quickly cover this before we move, move onward. Uh, Amazon leaked a memo talking about why it's getting rid of so many of its internal recruiters. And the main reason being, apparently, is that they are developing AI software to replace job interviewers, or rather recruiters. Oh, you are now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that going very, very well, especially since, you know, Amazon just had massive cuts to that, uh, what, what was the name of that obscure program that, um, that Amazon had? That, that one that was like an artificial intelligent, uh, uh, assistant built into a speaker. Uh, what was that thing called? Um, oh yeah. The idiot puck. Remember how a- Amazon just cut like thousands of jobs specifically to develop the idiot puck. We're talking about the Amazon echo smart speaker for those who don't didn't catch the joke. Yeah. This, I gotta see. I gotta see Amazon going ahead, developing AI software to screen their applicants. We're gonna have to make a bigger bowl of popcorn, aren't we? Oh yeah, this is gonna be good. We're gonna take a break here. This actually seems like a very good place to break. When we come back, I wanna talk about uh, all the great things happening on Facebook right now, TM. Cause only good things happen on Facebook. Facebook is such a great platform where nothing bad ever happens, ever. Oh boy. (laughs) Welcome back, Eagle Eye. I forgot I don't have auto ducking anymore. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so Facebook. Only good things come from Facebook, right? Right? Can you taste the sarcasm in my voice as I say that? Tax-filing websites have been sending users' financial information to Facebook. This includes Tax Axe, Tax Slayer, and H&R... Block. Why? What would compel you to do this? <laughs> like that—that's the biggest—that's the biggest question I have about this. Uh. Multiple sources are confirming that the <laughs> that the data was sent through code called the Megapixel, which includes not only information of na- names and emails but often even more detailed information, inclu- including data on users' income, filing status, return amounts, and dependence college scholarship models, or am- amounts, all to Facebook. <laughs> I'd ask why, but unfortunately, I know the answer. I wish I didn't. I wish I had any other answer than just, oh, hey, look, some companies got super greedy. And just wanted that sweet, sweet Facebook money for sending all that sweet, sweet data. And maybe it'll come out down the road that, in fact, it was just some sort of lizard man hypnosis that Zuckerberg did. I don't know. This is bad. And quite frankly, depending on how things are actually listed out, this could be like a huge like violation of some kind. Like there very easily could be some lawsuits that result from this, and I don't think anyone would be really surprised if that actually is the case. Would you be surprised? I wouldn't. Uh I just can't even. I just simply can't even. Well, I I must have some other. Maybe there's maybe I have some good news about Meta. Oh, here we go. We have Meta's uh, third quarter report about how um about how this quarter's. Quarterly threat report include our findings on three networks that they took down in the United States, China, and Russia. And, um, yeah, I mean, let's be perfectly honest. Like, this this whole report out of, um, out of Meta, trying to go out and say, we took down the secret information networks that existed on our platforms that were connected to Afghanistan, Algeria, Iran, Iraq, Kazakhstan, Kangaskhan. Krizistan, Russia, Somalia, Syria, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, and Yemen. I'm saying, See, we do good things. We do good things. Does someone want to tell Facebook that this isn't really like, I mean, okay, yeah, you can go ahead and celebrate it, but this isn't really like something that's going to like help make up the fact that you have been grabbing a whole lot of, um, of sketchy stuff, you know, like our tax returns. Yeah, that's big yikes big big yikes or you know I you know I did talk to this one AI agent and um you know maybe having all my information stolen wasn't that bad you see I went ahead and talked to this AI agent that meta uh aptly goes ahead and shows on their website called um Cicero which is an AI all about negotiating persuading and cooperating with people And uh, after I had a nice talk with them, I felt like that uh, I should let uh, Facebook know everything about myself. Gotta say, that robot's really good at persuading. Okay, real talk. Is anyone concerned that Facebook is trying to go ahead and make a persuasion robot? I don't know what terrifies me more. The fact that Facebook is trying to go ahead and make an AI that negotiates and persuades with people far better than most people do. Or... The fact that part of me fully expects this robot to just DM me and said and say they rolled an 18 on their diplomacy check. Like, I just suspect that Meta is just simultaneously at the same time, both the most sinister and complex company out there, but also at the same time, the most incompetent. And somehow I'm right. I don't know how. (laughs) Someone in chat says since the lizard man can't do it, someone needs to. Ah, yes, it's to to cover the weaknesses of Zuckerberg, seeing as how his social skills are roughly a negative 69 out of 5. But the whole thing about AI out of Facebook gets even stranger, because Meta went ahead and made an AI demo that writes literature. Yes, it writes literature. You know, we already have AI that makes pictures that have way too many fingers, so why not make a robot an AI that makes... Books. The only problem is that it writes late racist and fake news in its literature. The one thing, the one thing we keep saying, don't get your news from Facebook. It's just going to be full of fake news and racist idiots saying the dumbest things. And what does the AI from Facebook do? Mimics exact user base. You can't make this up. I just can't make this up. <sighs> so we had a bot, we had an AI study all of 4chan's B board for one month and asked it to write novels. And this is what it gave us. You can't make this up. You would have thought the company that's trying to bank everything on the metaverse and AI would at least get one of the two correct. It ain't getting the metaverse correct. You have thought the least it could do was to just not make a robot that was racist and spread fake news. If we're crying out loud. If we're gonna go ahead and spread fake news, leave it to Twitter. All right, that, that's all we gotta do. Just just leave the fake news spreading to Twitter. That's what they're best at. <sighs> I just can't even, I just, just can't even. I also wanna remind you that uh, Amazon wants to hope to use AI to go ahead and hire people. In other news, AI goes ahead and writes fake news and offends people. In other AI news though, we have Stable Diffusion, a image generating AI that just has ability to make not safe for work images or the ability to copy art styles taken out of its ability to generate images. So now already this AI is now worthless. I mean, not being able to generate not safe for work images on the internet. I mean, why do you exist? Have you not seen the internet? Dude, it it was made for porn, man. And you're gonna go ahead and have that thing exist on the internet and not make porn? Poor shame, poor shame. Massive, massive downgrade. Now that being said, the the ability to not create art styles, that's honestly good. Because I do know way too many artists mostly because I hang out in an artist discord that have not been fans of AI art in general, just because, you know, it tries to put them out of work and they enjoy taking commissions and trying to add their own personal spin on it. And I'm not going to lie. I am torn on the concept of AI art because the concept is very fascinating. The ability to just put in just a, just a prompt and actually able to make the image in relative accuracy it's a very interesting fascinating advancement of technology but on the other hand i do like my artists i mean not my my personal artists i don't have any person you you know what i mean so you can see the conundrum i'm in i am very curious to see how the artist community reacts to this news i imagine they're going to react still negatively but it's hard to say i'm actually curious to see what other people have to say about this sort of thing all right well an embarrassing moment, we're going to shift gears radically. And remember how I said earlier that, uh, we were talking about how Alexa is a, I'm sorry, I did not mean to do that, about how the Amazon Echo Assistant is a big money loser for Amazon right now, and a whole bunch of layoffs were a result of it. I forgot I had that story still in the stack to talk about, because it is, in fact, a money loser... As the AI team and the and the Alexa team is getting hit with massive layoffs. Whoops! And it's a good point to talk about this because Google has done the exact same thing. They took away from their assistant as well. And the thing is that Google arguably has the better of the two digital assistants. Google's is better by far. Amazon's is more widespread and far easier to get. And I'd also argue the components for it not only being cheaper, but are just better. Despite the fact the, ins- the assistant herself is pretty bad, especially since I can say something like Alexa, play North pole radio, and now all of a sudden, all of you have to deal with listening to Christmas music. It's just that easy. I wonder how many that actually tripped off. Probably not that many, because I think I said it too, too quickly. But you get my point. Google, I originally thought, took a step back because they just did not see the sales they were hoping for. Amazon doesn't have that luxury. Amazon is absolutely seeing the sales of their Echo devices. They are everywhere. I guarantee you, when I'm at the Christmas exchange this year, and we're all exchanging our $30 and lower presents, I guarantee you half of them are going to be Echo Dots. I think it's just guaranteed. A hundred percent. It is going to be the easiest, the cheapest thing. that you going to just, oh yeah, we can get that freaking it's on sale right now, 50% off, because it's freaking Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and oh, hey, look, the sale's going to go until the 25th anyway, lol. Everyone's going to get one. Whether they plug it in or not another story. And even Amazon's losing money on it. Is it possible that despite what we all thought about having a puck in our room spying on everything we say and using that information to sell us things, it's either A, not as effective at spying as we thought, or B, not worthwhile or worth it in any way, shape, or form. Hard to say, isn't it? Someone in chat said it's C, it's both. Also very possible. For now, though, all we can do is see how it all goes down. Shifting gears again wildly. I want to talk for a minute about... Cryptocurrency. Ah, yes. Everyone's favorite topic. Doesn't everyone love cryptocurrency? Think of all the good things crypto did, like start a massive uh, GPU shortage that still haunts us to this day. Or help fuel hundreds of thousands of scams that stole billions upon billions of dollars from people. Or encourage fraud to an extreme extent. Man, all the great things crypto did. It's amazing, isn't it? And think of all the fresh things it could still do, like more fraud, more rug pulls, more theft, so much potential, more capabilities to consume more power than entire countries. Well, I have good news. Or actually, no, this isn't good news. This is bad news. Unfortunately, the city of Albany, New York has taken a huge step towards stopping the crypto dream. By instating a two-year moratorium on new fossil fueled powered cryptocurrency mining operations as the state begins to reevaluate both their climate goals and did I say the city I meant the entire state begins to reevaluate the value of cryptocurrency and all the benefits it's ever given us as well as the impact that the glorious decentralized cryptocurrency could bring to the world. It is a sad, sad day. It's just so unfortunate that cryptocurrency couldn't just expand wildly and uncontrollably so it could be used to scam more people out of millions upon millions of dollars. Did I say millions? I meant billions. Did I say billions? I meant trillions. It's such a shame because a decentralized currency with no checks on it at all would have been great for the entire planet. Especially in the fact that it consumes more power than the sun, somehow. Could anyone tell that there was a lethal amount of sarcasm in all that? (laughs) Obviously, (laughs) I find this to be great news. (laughs) Chat says, no, not at all. I see what you did there. (laughs) Uh, You want to talk about other good news though. You see, Mercedes is getting into the electric car business. All right. And let me tell you, the electric car business is one with nothing but honesty. In it. For you see, the electric car the electric car industry is all about making sure that not only do the cars emit no emissions and have no carbon footprint whatsoever, but that also control of the vehicle is 100% in the hands of the owner and is absolutely not supposed to any way, shape, or form forbid you from using technology that you have within the car. No, that'd be crazy. Why would someone go ahead and give you a high powered sports car, but then limit it to about half its power because you didn't pay the extra monthly subscription. That would be some kind of dystopian future. That would never ever be anything that anyone would consider doing right now. Right? Right. I'm not going to lie. This kind of nonsense is, um, this is going to kill the electric car and it's a shame. This nonsense needs to stop Mercedes Benz is putting out a monthly subscription to fully unlock the performance of the car you already paid for. This subscription is 1200 dollars a year. Look, I'll be perfectly honest. Um the vehicles I own and the only reason I can say vehicles is because, you know, business owner is my personal beater 2006, I'm sorry, 2008. Ford sedan and a Chevy cargo van and a Euro style Ford cargo van. I do not own anything that is very fancy or very high end. I wish I did, but I don't. I can't say I've ever owned a Mercedes, even the Sprinter, which is kind of the gold standard in the Euro van nowadays. But the concept of a vehicle that I have paid for, I want to stress that. That I have paid for to have to go ahead and pay another $1,200 every single bloody month to unlock the full potential of the thing I bought is awful. This is absolutely the worst. And by the way, some people in the chat are just like, this is why I'm going to switch to trains and bikes and public transportation and walkability. You know, that's, that's great and all. And, you know, if you're able to go ahead and do exactly that, you know, good for you. You're not immune to this nonsense. You're not immune to this nonsense at all. Intel is officially introducing the pay as you go chip licensing. Yes, you too. When you buy the CPU for your computer will have a lot of the functionality locked You have to pay a monthly subscription to unlock the full potential of the CPU that you paid full price for. I hate this future. How do I set this future on fire? Because this is awful. Now, in all fairness, we talked about this before and what has changed is the fact that Intel is still moving forward with this. Some in the chat says I have some suggestions and then gives a picture of a uh, guillotine. <laughs> yeah, this is this concept is specifically for Intel's Xeon line. All right, so this is only going to go to the data center customers or the high end workstation customers. We're not going to see it in the consumer space yet. You want to know why I think this concept will fail? You want to know why this has no hope? What else is in the data center market besides the Xeon and the CPU market? Yes, ARM exists and you have some pros and cons of ARM in the data space. Like for starters, not having to pay a subscription to unlock the full potential of the chip. Someone in chat says MediaTek. I said, besides Arm, you keep saying MediaTek like that's some kind of end all be all. No, no one cares about MediaTek except for those who can use MediaTek. You are a niche market in the world of data centers. Get out of here. No one cares about MediaTek. No one that matters. No, 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 no. That's not what matters in the data center world. The other giant elephant in the room is of course AMD who I remind you not only has shown off A 96 core CPU. I want it, but it's also now shown that in fact, the instructions per clock per core has increased nearly. I want it 40% on each core on this massive 96 core CPU. Someone in chat says, what about IBM and their mainframe? Mainframes are not, are not servers. Get it right. Mainframes are mainframe Servers are servers. Stop trying to be clever. You're not being clever right now. This is the equivalent of saying trying to solve world hunger by going to the gas station. It's not helping anything. Someone in chat says in before it would be $200 to unlock 90% of the cores. Oh my God. AMD cannot be that stupid. They would have to know doing this. Following the subscription model like Intel is still planning on doing for some reason would be just ruining the good thing I have going on here. Because keep in mind right now, Intel still has the massive majority of the enterprise market share. AMD has a far superior product. AMD can now finally start to slowly chisel away on that. And I do mean slowly. It is going to take a while to get people out of their comfort zone, which, by the way, is also why no one cares about media tech. You want to try and tell people you can dump your Intel Xeons and go ahead and use this ARM chip but it's not fully compatible. Yeah, but it can emulate it. Yeah, we're not doing that. Welcome to the enterprise world. Change is scary. Even when you have a vastly superior product. I'm just saying. We have some Intel, I'm sorry, some Nvidia rumors that are being interesting for a minute here, all right? Here's what we got. Nvidia rumors are saying that the RTX 4060 could be coming in June of 2020. 20- 23 and could be as powerful as powerful as the 3070 that didn't exist a year ago or the year before and you're probably thinking right now oh who cares i can't afford that that's going to cost an arm and a leg and a kidney and on top of that scalpers are going to buy it anyway i do have some good news on the scalper front remember how before we saw a whole bunch of RTX 4080s being scalped up for about double their price they're not selling and in Related news, neither are the ones on the shelves. Right now, no one is buying the RTX 4080. There's a couple of reasons for this. One, everyone is currently scared of the fact that some cables lit on fire. That tends to scare a lot of people away. Two, a lot of people are scared off by the price and are waiting to see what AMD has. Three, for whatever reason, they put out enough stock to compare to the rush we had for GPUs back in 2021 and 2020. Does anyone know why there was a massive rush in 2021 and not now? Maybe, just maybe it was because of this crazy thing called, Oh, I don't know. Everyone had to work from home, all of a sudden, everyone had to go ahead and have some kind of computer sitting down somewhere. So they can go ahead and work from home. And you know what? It's a good excuse at that point. Why not? Why not go ahead and pull the trigger on that gaming PC that you've been holding on to this whole, t- this whole time? Everyone went ahead and spent that money already or desperately tried to because it was a necessity. Our wallets are dry now. Anyone who is, b- who is saving up and had to go pull the trigger in the way I just mentioned, their wallet is empty now. This 4060, I'm telling you this right now. This card is going to be the one to keep an eye on because it's going to be a the affordable one, unlike the $1,100 RTX 4080 and B because it's got to be price competitive with not only the previous gen RTX 3000 series, which there's now a ton of on the used market because, well, all the cryptocurrency bros had to go and pawn off all their now worthless GPUs somehow but also with whatever AMD is going to push out in the 7000 series. In the end, if it can keep up this performance, this could be huge, underline huge for the gaming market, assuming the price can be kept down. We're going to keep an eye on you, AMD. We need you to beat back Nvidia. I'd say we need Intel too, but um, uh, yeah. Intel Arc, unfortunately, is not holding up to the hype. In other gaming news, Microsoft apparently made a deal to Sony, or at least tried to. Remember how um, Sony said that it was going to be a big deal if Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard because Call of Duty would end up off the PlayStation and Microsoft originally said, no, 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 no. That would never happen. You're going to keep Call of Duty. No problem. No problem. It's no problem. Yeah. Apparently Microsoft only promised that for 10 years. Apparently in the 69, nice, billion-dollar acquisition of Activision Blizzard, one of the things that Microsoft offered Sony was a 10-year deal to keep Call of Duty on the PlayStation. I'll be perfectly honest. As much as that kind of bites, that if you're that concerned that Call of Duty is your moneymaker and you're only guaranteed it for 10 years, let's also be, like, perfectly honest. Would Call of Duty still be as strong after 10 years? especially since Call of Duty has run out of so many ideas, they are literally re-releasing Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, except it's a different game. It's really hard to say, especially with Activision Blizzard's reputation being, I would say right now, very hit and miss. Like Activision, unfortunately, has the stain of scandals on it. The Blizzard side of it has, well, the stain of scandals. And then also the sequel to Overwatch that is a slight downgrade and a more predatory monetization model than the original Overwatch which used loot boxes and actual gambling and then also had the monetization of Diablo Immortal which is um yikes we'll just call it yikes and then on top of it went ahead and developed World of Warcraft into the ground until recently in which everyone is looking very hopeful to the new expansion that I already forgot. What was it? Dragonflight It was dragon something. And now I feel really bad that I can't remember it. Cause it's, it's lit as I'm recording this on, on Monday, we're recording this late it's launching literally today. And so far everyone seems really positive towards it. It is dragonflight. Okay. Thank you, chat. So how much staying power does Activision Blizzard really have? It's very difficult to say. Cause I'll say this under Microsoft's direction. I believe it has better staying power than it does on its own very similarly to Bethesda because when Bethesda was bought by Microsoft it was also heading down a very dark path towards Fallout I know that was forced shush you so what a 10-year deal to keep Call of Duty on the PlayStation in addition to on the Xbox would it really matter and I would admit in my eyes no but I also fully admit I get a PlayStation to play a lot of very unique titles. Why is there a PS5 next to me? Oh, it was to play God of War. It was to play Final Fantasy. It's to play that weird, obscure anime game that looked really cool in the trailers. Like I am not the target market for Call of Duty, and I sure as heck would not play Call of Duty on a console, Xbox, PlayStation or otherwise. So I cannot be the one to answer this question because I am clearly, according to the numbers, in the minority. Because I dare to think that a console should be bought for unique purposes other than what I could do with my exact PC right now. But it is what it is. The saga will continue. Also, great news if you live in California, because you too could very soon be able to be picked up in a driverless taxi provided by Waymo. Again, again, look, I'm not going to lie. I did not grab this story because I think it's really cool. I grabbed this story to make fun of the fact that this is like the fourth time Waymo says they're going to get a driverless taxi in San Francisco any day now for like the fourth year in a row. Has there been any driverless taxis within California anywhere? Because I think the answer is no. But the fact that everyone continues to tell us there's going to be driverless taxis. You won't have to worry about that weirdo going ahead and getting you and and turning on that weird station you didn't like because now the taxi will be driverless. Ah, thanks. That is fan-freaking-taxic. Well, in other news, we're getting to the fun stuff, by the way. In other news, China has solved the problem. China has solved gaming addiction. Yes, that's right. China has completely cured... Today's youth of being addicted to online gaming. How did they do it by passing a whole bunch of draconian laws that would punish people severely if they game for too long. Yep. It definitely cured all of gaming addiction always, and definitely didn't encourage people to just lie about how much they were playing video games. (laughs) Someone in chat says, I thought they banned all of the games. There was that too. They banned a lot of gaming. Like, a lot, a lot. Like, heck, fun fact, Act- Activ- uh, all Blizzard games are soon going to be banned from China simply because the one company is not redoing their contract. Wee! Gaming solved! You don't need to be addicted to World of Warcraft. Now there is no World of Warcraft. Yay! That's how you solve gaming. You bring all of the youth back to the era so that the only thing they can play is ball in a cup and paddle ball and punching each other in the face. Yes, truly we have hit peak civilization. Good job, China. You have successfully deluded yourself further. And that brings us to the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week, because you see, if more kids are now no longer addicted to video games, they're going to have to turn to physical games, which of course can result in lots of scrapes and bruises. So we need some way to heal these scrapes and bruises that much faster. But how can we do it? How can we make it possible? Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you the thing that never needed to be the smart bandage. You see, by putting a circuit board into a normal bandage, it uses electronic pulses to do a thing or something and cost the wound to heal. 25% faster according to science or something. (laughs) You know how I talk about that sometimes? Sometimes you do not need to go ahead and incorporate a computer into literally everything. We do not need to have a smart microwave or a smart toaster or a smart frying pan unless the whole reason of it is actually to improve something other than to just go ahead and have a clock built into my frying pan. This this is the antithesis of of complete wasted electronics for crying out loud we just got out of a chip shortage we we, we finally can start having the PS5 and Xbox Series X actually exist this console's been out for 2 years and it could finally exist but no we need to go ahead and have a smart bandage to give a placebo effect of healing wounds faster. I actually have been very curious if any epidemia or not, no, what what is it? I forgot the actual field of uh, of study it is for uh, for the study of the skin, whatever it is. I would love to hear from a skin doctor of some kind if there's any logic to any of this, because I'm not gonna lie, I don't know the science. I just smell. A whole lot of dermatologists. Thank you, chat. I just smell a whole lot of BS coming from this one bandage. Folks, that is gonna do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening, and I do encourage you, check out the daily podcast, the early burb briefing. You can find that at anchor.fm slash early B I R B briefing. New episode airs every single morning at 2am and of course you can listen whenever you want throughout the day and check out my twitch page twitch.tv slash eagle falcon take care and i hope you have a great day and again i apologize for this episode coming out late it's been a crazy weekend holidays man I went ahead and tried this bandage out for a little bit, and I didn't realize it, but it was sponsored by Facebook, and you know what? I gotta say, this bandage is absolutely the best. Man, this thing is just the best, and I should give all my information to Facebook now, and praise be to the lizard people that all run meta. The metaverse is great, and there's definitely not a mind-control chip inside this smart bandage at all. Why would you think such crazy things? You should worship at the altar... Of the Zuckerberg lizard people. By the way, that was sarcasm.